Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads Community Church, our vision is to awaken the city of Pittsburgh and surrounding areas by creating cool places to experience God in local neighborhoods throughout Pittsburgh and beyond. Now here is this week's message. Okay. This morning we're going to continue with our Transformer series. Um, or how to become a vessel that God can use. Let me say again, transformer! There we go. You have to say it that way. Um, Today, last week we talked about accepting the way that God made you and honoring him for who he is. Today, we're going to be talking about two more things being emptied of self to make room for God and allowing God to cleanse you. Now, there's an awful lot of information there and an awful lot of uh, sometimes gray areas. Uh, you know, when I, when I was first coming to Christ, I didn't understand what, what being emptied meant and, and what surrendering meant. And, and I kept saying, surrendering what? Emptying what? I didn't know. All I knew is these were words and, you know, this was stuff you had to do. I didn't know what that meant. Um, the first scripture that we want to look at today is the very first scripture. And that is Genesis 1, um, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I use this because whenever I first looked at the word empty, this is the first thing I thought of, was this. It's where everything begins. And it's not that God is telling us you know, we have to be like a cartoon character. You know, sometimes in those SpongeBob cartoons, you see sp- the inside of SpongeBob, and it's filled with cobwebs, and there's nothing there. It's not that, that, you know, God is telling us we have to be emptied of everything that makes us us. He's the one that made us us. What he's saying is... What, what I think, w- what we're saying is God made everything, everything from nothing. And you've heard the, the old adage that, you know, um, it's better to start with a blank slate or a, an empty canvas. And that's just what God starts with. But first... We have to be that canvas. We have to be that slate. And everything that is in us, we have to determine with God's help what should be there and what shouldn't be there. Um, Sometimes we run the risk of not having room in our hearts. 
for everything that God has intended for us because we have filled it with everything else. There's a scripture in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 3 to 11. And this says, Do nothing out of selfish, selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Our lives are sometimes cluttered with selfish pursuits. The greatest hindrance we face is self-centered living. Me, 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 me. My agenda, my plans, my ideas. The world tells us, live your life focused on yourself. Be proud of yourself and your accomplishments. Boost your self-confidence any way you can. When you need strength, look to yourself and your own abilities. Turning to God is a crutch for the weak. Make yourself look good in the world's eyes. When actually what God's word tells us is exactly the opposite. Many people, you hear people say that they're searching for themselves. We are often so wrapped up in our own little world that we can't see people drowning all around us. Think for a minute, who is drowning around you? There are people drowning around you. As Christ hung on the cross, his concern was not for himself. It was for the men hanging next to him, the men who condemned him. His concern was for you and for me. If we want to be vessels that God can use, 
we have to be emptied. There's no room for God to work in a life that's already full of itself. When God set our life's plan for us, he created us with a big empty hole inside of us that's a perfect fit for him. Then he sets himself all around you, everywhere you look. He's right there, all around you. And then he says, seek. I mean, how much easier can he, can he say that? How much easier can he make it for us? And he promises. I mean, it's a done deal. He promises, if you seek, you will find. That's a promise. So what do we do? We fill that hole with all the wrong things. Now, I'm not saying that that's, we do it intentionally even sometimes. I know all my life, I thought that I was doing the things that were good, the things that I needed to do. I was successful. I had a, an important job, making lots of money. I was uh, schooled and taught how to manage people, how to lead people. It was filled with stress. I had everything I wanted. I'd just go out and get it. And then all of a sudden, one day, God said, okay, we're done with that. This big-time job that you had, don't need it anymore. You've had everything that you need to learn. You've learned from it. Now we're going to take that learning, throw away the job, and this is what I wanted you to have. I'd never been sick a day in my life. All of a sudden, every time I turn around, I'm sick. But there's a reason for that. I can't even explain it sometimes, but it's done a work in my heart. And it's what God has planned for my life. Paul, in these words, in Philippians, talks about emptying. And he puts it in a way that says, really, emptying is the same as humility. We have to get rid of Everything in our lives that is not necessary, that is not of God. And he keeps pointing back to um, 127 in Philippians, which is, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. 
there are a lot of different descriptions here, and this is one of the things that I like to look at when, when I am reading God's word, is the words, the, the words. Um, a lot of times we don't really get the full essence of what, what is in there because of the difference in meanings. Now, in, in verse 7, he says, um, Christ made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Nature in this word, in this particular word, means the essence, the, the inside essence of a servant. Then he goes on to say, being made in human likeness. And this is a word here in, in the uh, Greek that means humanity, but different in that there's no sin, but humanity just the same. And then it goes on to say being found in appearance as a man. Appearance here means the outward appearance. So, so God emptied himself while remaining divine, while remaining 100% God. This is one of those math things, God math. 100% God made himself 100% human. He was tempted. He knew our, our fears, our desires. He lowered himself to the point of dying on the cross for us. How do we empty ourselves? Well, that's really kind of a hard one. You have to, you have to stay focused on God and his agenda. You know, you have to do a lot of praying. In 2 Corinthians Paul says, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Not your agenda. God's. That's where you have to be focused. You have to approach everything with an attitude of thankfulness. You know, the song that we sang before is one of my favorites. It's really a mind-boggling prayer. We're not asking God for anything. We're not. All we are doing is thanking him. And rather than demanding more from God, we are realizing that we don't even deserve a single thing that he has given us. In God's time, everything's already done. And that's the way that we have to think, too. I might not be healed, but I thank God for healing me. I thank him for everything that he does 
and has done and will do in my life because I have great faith that God will accomplish great things in my life for others. You have to trust God's vision and, and, and God's saying that other people are better and more important than you. This is, he says this repeatedly. It's, it's something that Jesus repeatedly says. It's one of the most important things, things that he says. And it's a way to humble yourself, to empty yourself of all of the pride and all of the puffiness that you might have. You have to live your life in an attitude of prayer. It certainly says in God's word over and over and over again, pray continually. You need help from God in what you do. And if you want to be used by God, you have to truly desire that. Ask him for it. Humble yourself and say, I don't care what it is, but use me for your purposes. I might not like what you tell me. I might be scared to death. But use me. Send me. It's one of my favorite things in the Bible. And I envision this small, you know, I, I always think in my head of this just small little boy. And I don't know why I think that, because it was certainly wasn't the case. But I always think this small little boy saying, send me, God, I'll do it. When nobody else would. And a lot of times I've caught myself saying, oh, why this, why that, why me, why when I should be saying, send me, God, I'll do it. Send me. And I know if you do, things will work out. Because God is not going to send you into anything that he hasn't equipped you to handle. The past is the past. And you have to let go of it. Don't let the pain in your past control your future. So this brings us to the second thing I want to talk about this morning, and that is cleansing. And this is another really hard thing. Um, to me, much like the connection between emptying and humility, there's a similar bond between cleansing and forgiveness. I'm a word person. So here are some stats from, you know, things that I like to look at. In the Old Testament, many times, the meaning is in reference to ritual cleaning. When it says cleanse, there are um, 10 or 11 different words in the Old Testament. Now, they have symbolic meaning as well um, that looks forward to the New Testament. But they are mostly about ritual cleaning. And um, the symbolic references are to divine renewal 
and forgiveness. In the New Testament, the Greek has about as many different words as the Hebrew for cleanse. The significant, significant difference in the New Testament is that cleansing finds its consummation and fulfillment in the person of Jesus Christ, where they looked forward to that but, but really had no way to understand that in the Old Testament. Um, Matthew 23, 25 to 28. Um, Jesus is addressing the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, pronouncing all these woes on them. But they're really directions for us. He isn't saying do this. He's saying don't let yourselves be this. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside. But on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. We should concern ourselves not with what's on the outside, but what's inside. We sometimes can't do that. The, the most we can do is make room for what God wants to be in there. Empty ourselves, forgive the things that we hold in our hearts. God has forgiven us. But many times, we have things in our hearts that we refuse to give up. Another one, another uh, scripture verse or verses is in Isaiah. Of course, I had to put something from Isaiah in. And it says, wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Christ died on the cross. His blood 
washed our sins away, cleansed us. It doesn't mean that we can't tidy up and use a sprucing. You know, you might house clean or spring clean once a year, you know, spring clean. Doesn't mean you shouldn't tidy up every day, you know. So God has forgiven us our sins. We need to try to keep keep up with what he wants for us in our hearts. The most important thing is to admit you need cleaning. Admit your weaknesses. God can't do anything with you. If you say, I don't need any help. I can do everything myself. You have to surrender your will. Now, in the book, the author uh, gives a really neat um, metaphor. She says, a field must be plowed before it can receive seed that matures and bears fruit. Sometimes trials come into our lives. We all have them. And those are the plows. It's not pleasant. They hurt. But God feels that we need those trials in order to accomplish whatever it is that he wants for us. You have to ask for cleansing. Ask for forgiveness. And more importantly, forgive those who have committed an injustice to you. If you hold on to any of these things in your heart, then your heart is not clean. God uses people in your life. And I've always said this. I love this part of it. He uses people to encourage you. But he can also use the same people to bring conviction to your heart. You've heard the expression, don't shoot the messenger. God used prophets to give a message. And a lot of the time, it was, you know, dire warnings that they better change. um, And they were totally ignored. But that was okay. They were successful in what they did because God wanted them only to speak his word. It wasn't up to them to change people's minds or to put them on the right track. He was simp- they were simply there to speak God's words. And so sometimes people in your life can push that cleansing along a little bit. And you have to be able to, t- to look at those people and accept that. There's another little poem in there that I found. It says, there is no oil without squeezing the olives, no wine without pressing the grapes, no fragrance without crushing the flowers, and no real joy without sorrow. God means trials as a method of cleansing. When suffering comes, and and it will, 
Our survival depends on releasing the whys. Why me? Woe is me. Why, why, why? And asking instead, what now? What now, Lord? I'm ready. What now? How does God cleanse? In the quiet times. He says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. In trials, there's sometimes a painful process. And we have to cooperate with God during these. You know, uh, using metaphor, it's, it's much easier to hold a quiet baby than a squiggly one. And the, and the more squiggly they get, the worse it gets. You have to let go and let God do what he wants. We have to trust and pray knowing that God is fully sovereign over whatever happens, whatever the outcome of things is. God's the one that's sovereign over that. Um, our lives are filled with noise. And we need to spend some quiet time. Some of us need more quiet time than others. And... Um, I know I, I enjoy quiet time. Even and it doesn't have to be reading God's word. It doesn't have to be, you know. Sometimes I have a um, a Bible at home that's written in Hebrew. For some reason, this just gives my heart joy to have this. I don't know why. I don't understand it. I certainly can't read it. But Sometimes I take this book and sit on my big old chair in my room, close the door off, and I'm in my own little world in there. And I hold this book and close my eyes and just wait for God to talk to me. Now, how this book will help, I don't know. I think it certainly doesn't help God. He doesn't need help. It helps me. Whatever you need to do, that will make you, in your heart, closer to God. Do that. You need some alone time. And this is amazing. Alone time with the creator of the universe. Isn't that amazing? Your friend. Talk about name dropping, huh? your Savior. Listen for him. Floyd's going to come up now and uh, talk about this week's kind of challenge. Um, listen for God. He will do inside of you a great work. A great work. Because he has great plans for you. It says so in Jeremiah. Everything in the Bible is a promise. And God's always kept his promises. I'm going to ask the band to come up. Um, <clears throat> and we said each week during this series we're going to not just talk about 
what we can do and, and how we can become a vessel God can use or how we can be transformed, but we're going to actively engage in doing it. And last week, um, we said, hey, maybe go spend some time with God and let God show you someone that you can go back to and thank them for their pouring into your life. Uh, and this week, uh, I said we do something a little bit different. And um, we were going to play a video and, and, and go through all that, but uh, I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. And um, we're not actually going to partake in communion, but we're going to do something along those lines. Earlier this week, uh, during the Bible study that we do at CCAC, we were talking about faith and all that stuff. And at the end, uh, one of the guys there, one of the pastors, I think, said, hey, this can't be it. We can't just talk about it. We need to actually take a step and put our faith into action. And the same is true here. We can talk about letting God cleanse you. We can talk about um, the things that God needs to work in us on or empty us of. But if we don't actually take a step of action, it's, it's kind of futile. We'll just walk out of here and think, hey, that was great. But we're not taking any active recourse towards letting God cleanse us. So um, here's what we're going to do. All right, I'm going to ask, Kevin, can you come up? Can you guys remove that? Um, There is not actually bread under there. There's actually pens and paper. And in a moment, they're going to pass out these pens and paper to you. And I'm going to ask the band to play. We're going to do a video, but in the sake of time. And I'm just going to ask you to write down, maybe there's something that, you need to let go of or something that you know God has been working on trying to cleanse you of. Maybe it's, 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 it's an area where you've been doubting God is able to work. Maybe it's the fact that, like we were talking about earlier, there's so many areas that you should be thankful for and not one time have you looked and said, thank you, God. It could be just uh, like uh, Patty said, something that you need to surrender to God and that you've been holding on to because you think that you can deal with it. And maybe you just need to, you know, throw your hands up and say, God, I got to give it to you because I can't handle it. Could be an area just maybe where you're doubting God is able to work. It may be an action that God has been trying to get you to take, to go talk to a coworker, to go talk to a neighbor, to step outside of your comfort zone and actually engage in doing life with other people. I mean, the the, the list goes on and on, but there's so many areas that that God wants to, as Patty said, cleanse us from, and, and he's forgiven us, like she said. He's already done that work. But like she said, there's some things that maybe we just need to tidy up. So I'm going to ask the ushers to... Um, just go ahead and, and take these pens and uh, paper, and everyone take a pen. Everyone take a piece of paper. And just so you know, I'm not going to ask you to walk up here and to put it down so everyone can see it. And maybe instead of writing out, you know, forgiveness, just put an F. Maybe it's instead of writing out the word doubt, just put a D. Whatever it is. And if you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, maybe there's absolutely positively nothing that God is working on me with maybe you need to put down a P for pride, okay? But I'm sure that each and every one of us has something that we've been holding back from God, some area that we've been not willing to give to him, some area that he's been chiseling away little by little trying to get our attention at. 
And for those of you who are wondering, what we're going to do is I'm going to ask the ushers in a moment, once you take it and you write down and spend a few seconds just thinking and praying, God, what is it that you're working on me? And, and um, you know, you don't have to show it to anyone in the room. And once you've written down whatever, uh, just, just ball it up into a little piece of paper. For those of you that are wondering what we're going to do with it, we're going to, I'm going to ask you to take it. The ushers are going to come back down and they're going to pass these glasses that we would normally use to partake of communion. And I'm going to ask you to just take that little piece of paper that you wrote your issue, your thing, your area of cleansing on and just drop it into the cup. And there's a significant reason that we're doing it this way. It's because when we take communion, As the Bible says, we are reminding ourselves, we're supposed to remember that the blood of Christ has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. So by taking that thing and writing it down and dropping it in that cup, which we usually partake of when we do communion, you are remembering, remember, take hold of the fact that that issue that you're dealing with, God has cleansed you of it. I'm going to ask ushers to come back up. And I'm going to say a prayer, and then I'm going to send them back out and just ask you to, whatever you wrote down, to just ball it up and drop it into that, um, drop it into the cup. And so just bow your heads with me. If you're still contemplating and you're still praying, just bow your heads with me. God, we know that First and foremost, we're grateful and thankful for your forgiveness, your saving act, your salvation. As Patty said, that the fact that you loved us so much to create a way for us to spend eternity with you. And we're also aware that your word says that the blood of Jesus Christ, his shed blood, cleansed us, made us white as snow, cleansed us of all unrighteousness in your sight. But God, we also know that in our sight that we still have maybe some issues. We still have some bumps. We still have some areas that need spot cleaning or tidying up, as Patty said. Issues that we need to surrender. Uh, Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's unfaithfulness. Maybe it's uh, not accepting that you have totally and fully forgiven us. Maybe that's the area that you're trying to cleanse in us. Maybe it's something we need to do, stepping out and taking action. Maybe it's engaging with other people, whatever it is, God. We pray that right now in this moment that we would be able to acknowledge that you have cleansed it from us, that we could let it go, and that it is covered by your blood. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask the ushers, and they're going to, come down and as they do just just for lack of a better term just drop it in and let it go from God's perspective it's done from our perspective we're still hanging on and while you're doing that don't worry about if someone sees you dropping something in but as you do don't have to do it verbally but from your heart just give thanks to God that he did love us enough to cleanse us. That he did love us enough to take away those issues, those wrongdoings, uh, all of the iniquity in our life. 
Let's give thanks to God that he does allow us to uh, engage with him. As Patty said, with the creator of the universe, we get to sit down and have a conversation. I'm going to ask you to stand and we're going to um, just just worship God. And, and again, if you are still dealing with these issues, I pray, I pray, I pray that as we sing, as we worship, and as we leave here, that we walk away cleansed. Not because of anything that we have done, because of what he has done, because he is that amazing. Bow your heads for a minute. God, you are truly simply amazing. And sometimes it is just impossible, not just difficult, but impossible for our minds to grasp how much you love us and how much you want us to be able to spend eternity with you. And some of the things that we hang on to, God, we hang on to because we don't know what else to do. But we just praise you that out of your love and your grace through your Holy Spirit that you don't allow us to stay in those places of darkness and brokenness. So we pray that as we leave here today that we would leave here differently than how we came in. With just some part of our heart, our mind just cleansed free and unburdened. And we thank you for that, Lord. We give you praise for that. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness and grace. And just praise you for all that you do and for who you are. And we pray this in the matchless and priceless name of your son, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Amen.